Alright you guys, welcome back to another Point Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great Wednesday. I hope to see you guys later this evening on our Wednesday night service. Um, Today we're going to be studying Psalm 130. It's a great, great psalm. Um, And so if you get there, Psalm 130, you'll notice, again, this is a song of ascent. And so we've talked about this already. But as a song of ascent, it is as the people were going from their homes to the mountain of Jerusalem to the temple to the city they would ascend a hill they would walk up a hill Jerusalem is seated on a mountain and everywhere around it was in a valley and so these were worship songs as the people traveled from their homes to the city of Jerusalem to the temple to worship and so this one is a really really beautiful song uh, just a really, really powerful, um, we, we call this almost a lament psalm um, because he focuses on um, confession of sin. Um, and I'll give you an overview um, to break this down. This is really good. So there's there's four sections, um, but you that you can um, break this down in. So the first section is song, or verses 1 and 2. That's the lament or the cry, um, as you can write down in Verses 3 through 4, it's the confession of sin. Verses 5 through 6 is waiting for the Lord. And verses 7 through 8 is confidence in redemption. And so those are the four sections that make up this psalm, which are just a really good way to kind of break it down. So we're going to walk through that together. So verse 1 begins, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. And so immediately we're kind of brought to the situation where whoever is writing this, the the psalmist as we call them, they are writing from a a place of almost desperation, uh, of of sorrow, uh, of pain. It says, out of the depths I cry to you. I I wail out uh, to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Listen to me. Uh, Pay attention to me, Lord. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Lord, hear me when I call upon your name. That's the setting. This is is where we're getting into. And so we we don't want to mistake that the psalmist here is is seeking the Lord in in desperation for mercy. and so then in verse 2, we see why. He, he confesses his sin. So first he cries out, and then in verses 3 and 4, he confesses his sin. And so in verse 3, he says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, if you, O Lord, would tally our failures, O Lord, who could stand? And this idea of standing is is in a trial. You would have the defendant standing and, and making his case for why he is not guilty. And so what the psalmist is saying is, God, if you were the person that was accusing me and you had the tally book, if you had the sheet that marked down all of my failures, who in the world could stand before you? And the answer is no one, because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And that's exactly what the psalmist is saying. He says, Lord, who could stand? No one could stand before you. We are all failed. We have all fallen short of your glory. We have all uh, committed injustices. We have all sinned. We have all failed you. And so in verse 3, we just get this desperate um, just plea, Lord, we cannot measure up. We, we cannot stand before you. And then in verse 4, he says, but with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. With God, there is forgiveness. Givenness. Students, I just want to encourage you, anybody who's listening to this, even though that list where God marks our iniquities, 
even though he knows all of our flaws and all of our failures, all of our downfalls. There is forgiveness in God. God will forgive. And so we see here in verses 3 and 4 that we must confess our sin to God. Go to God and, and confess your failures. Confess your wrongdoings because in him there is forgiveness. And so then in verse 5 we get another shift where the, the third section here um, we are called that it is to wait for the Lord. And so in verse 5 he says, I will wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than a watchman for the morning, more than a watchman for the morning. And, and so here we get this idea that as the psalmist confesses his sin, and as, as the psalmist cries out for God's mercy, he's not leaving until he receives the word from God. He, he is so hungry for his uh, relationship with God. He is so um he, he so wants to have God um, that he simply just is standing there before him and is just not leaving until God hears his cry for help and hears his plea for mercy. And so he says, I will wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. Soon I want to remind you that it is only in the word of God that we have hope. It's because through and in the word of God, we see Jesus and we see the the final uh, surrender of death and in Jesus we see the fulfillment of all the promises and in Jesus we see the resurrection and the life and in Jesus we see the new heaven and the new earth in that we see hope and we only see that through the word of God and so the psalmist says in his word I will hope my soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. In this, he gives the idea of uh, a town or a city with a wall around it. And you would have people called watchmen, and they would stay up all night, and they would sit um, on the tower, and they would watch for trouble to come through the city. And so um, they their whole job was to be attentive and be awake and, and pay attention diligently. And so this is what the psalmist says. He says, my soul will not sleep, will not slumber until I see the Lord, until I see the Lord come and to see me. But in verse 7, we get that last shift where he knows the redemption is coming. And so in verse 7, he says he is confident in his redemption. In verse 7, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Don't miss that. He didn't say with him is redemption. With him is plentiful redemption. Not only is the list of our sin, the, the iniquities that we have committed against God, not only is that as far and as wide and as deep as could be, but God's redemption is plentiful. God has the power to redeem anybody. God has the power to redeem even the darkest of our sins and the darkest of our failures. In verse 8, he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And so in verse 7 and verse 8, the psalmist gets the Lord his answer. He says, For with the Lord there is steadfast love. There is love that is unwavering. There is love that is unchanging. There is love that is unending. God's love is there, and he is full of it. And with him is plentiful redemption. Well, how plentiful? Plentiful enough to cover our sins through the blood of Christ as he suffered and died on our behalf 
as God himself paid the price of the wrath of God that we had to pay, God himself laid down his life and took all of our shame and all of our sin upon himself to be mocked by the people that he created and to be hung on a tree that he created so that his blood would pour out for us. It is in Jesus that we see how great God's redemption is and his great and his grace is perfect and is limitless. And God is faithful to redeem. And so we see in this, we cry out to God, confess sin, wait upon the Lord, and trust that his redemption is true. And I will leave you with that, and I hope that you are encouraged in that. If you're going through a time right now where you're struggling with a sin or uh, you just don't feel like you measure up, there's so much beauty in this psalm. Cry out to God. Confess your sin. Wait on him and be confident in his redemption. Love you guys.